what makes it hard to see yourself as a disciple is you're looking at the whole mountain rather than little steps. Hello, this is Pastor John. This is Pastor Tim. And this is Tice. All right, and welcome back to our Growing Disciples for Life uh, episodes where we're digging into the new mission statement of our church. And we just want to give you an example of what it's like to read through this and answer it thoughtfully in a small group, which we hope you are a part of. And so today we're looking at the, the phrase, I am a disciple, and digging deep into that. So Pastor John, can you kind of overview what does it mean when we say, I am a disciple? Yeah, so um, it just means you're a Christian, uh, right? I mean, it, like we think that disciple is like Christian 2.0 or next level Christian, or we think of disciple as maybe one of the guys, you know, with a robe and a beard mm -hmm. out on the boat Eating with locusts. Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> you know, we get those pictures in our minds, but, you know, Jesus says in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. And all throughout the Gospels, we see that word disciple. And really, um, to be a disciple means to be under the authority of Jesus. Jesus says in the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me, which basically means I'm in charge of everything. And so us being disciples means that every part of our lives comes under his authority. This begins in baptism. It continues as we hear God's word and and trust the gospel. It, it happens through faith in Christ. And not only are, are we, like our eternity is placed under his authority, um, forgiveness is given to us, we're incorporated into the kingdom. Those parts of our lives are now part of his authority too. So mm -hmm. everything, mm -hmm. what we think, we say, we do. And this authority is a good authority. It's a gentle authority. It's an authority that is for our good. Now, we also want to contrast being a disciple with what we call a membership mindset. Now, the word member is a good biblical word. Uh, Paul says that we're members of the body of Christ. We, we believe on that basis that every Christian should be a member of a local church. What I mean by a membership mindset, though, is that we might treat our participation in the life of the church kind of like we treat Sam's Club or the gym yeah. or being Costco. part of a political party. You know, we just, it's low stakes. We're not really that invested. So like, yeah. I remember I got a membership to a local gym and I went like five times and yeah. then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I And nobody held too. me accountable yeah. for it. <laughs> they, so, did, they didn't yeah. come after you, huh? Well, they didn't like, I mean, as long as I was paying them 10 bucks a month, they were sure. cool with it. But um, uh, to have a disciple mindset means that we have a growth mindset, that we are under the authority of Jesus in a church, in a community where we're following Jesus together. So that's the big picture of this chapter. Yeah. And maybe just to add a little bit, if you don't mind, a little bit of a challenge. I was, you're talking about Planet Fitness, right? And yeah, I, I also me. was a member there for I a I joined bit. and I quit. But their model is, it's cheap, right? It's $10 mm -hmm. a month or 12, whatever, um, or 20 for their premium or whatever. But they- 30 if you want to get a tan. Yeah, right. But they assume that only about 10% of people are actually going to use that facility. And so they, they're so inexpensive because they assume 
people will lightly commit to this, but then never use it. And so they're kind of subsidizing the 10% who actually use it with the 90% who do not use it. Mm. And I think that's the membership kind of mindset. And I think mm. churches fall prey to this all the time. I mean, we could, we could challenge ourselves to think about this. Like we have 1600 members active, active, technically, technically active, active yeah. members. And we see uh, maybe 600 on a Sunday mm-hmm. and that's not stellar. So there's a bit of a challenge to us there too, that we want to be fully holistically participating as disciples rather than casual member, card carrying members. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's react a little bit to this idea of being a disciple under the holistic, gentle authority of Jesus. Uh, So the first question we would ask is this, and Tyus, I'll ask you first. Uh, what might make it hard for Christians to see themselves as disciples? And what are some synonyms that you may like to use instead, like follower or child of God? I think what makes it hard to see yourself as a disciple is you're looking at the whole mountain rather than little steps. Mm. And I always thought, oh, the disciples were, you know, up like 50 levels higher than I could ever be. So they were people that I looked up to, but never thought that I could be. Hmm. And so it is really a change of mindset of, no, to be a disciple is to be actively growing and really committed to the community that you are in of believers, as opposed to that membership mentality of, oh, that mountain seems really hard, difficult to Mm. climb. Let me just, you know, choose a little hill because that seems easier. I think there's different stakes when it comes to membership versus discipleship. Hmm. Yeah. I I like that kind of seeing that it's too big of a thing. If you think I have to be there to be a disciple Mm -hmm. rather than thinking I'm on a journey Mm -hmm. as a disciple Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be growing gradually. Um, good. What do you think, John? What's, what's some difficulty to embrace the word disciple? Well, I think the word entails some level of commitment. And um, I, I would say that a lot of times in our culture, everybody's doing way too many things at about 70%. Like we're not doing mm-hmm. anything 100% well. Like we're, we're doing too many things, but we're doing them at like 60, 70%. And so the idea of being all in and committed to growing in our faith, following Christ, being part of a church is like, well, I, don't, I could maybe fit that in. And, and, and I think this is because we see our lives in fragmented ways. Like we, hmm. we compartmentalize. And so we say, I have my work life. I have my home life. I have my, my extracurricular fun life. I have my church life. And we don't allow those to often touch each other. And I think what we need to move toward is understanding that all of those compartments are discipleship. Like you are a a disciple in your home. You're a disciple in your friendships. You're a disciple in your work. You're a disciple in your leisure time. Mm, Yeah. And not just when you're showing up for an hour on Sunday. Yeah, I think my reflection would be similar to that. Like, it just seems like it's going to push into my life too much Mm -hmm. Um, rather than seeing like every moment is his, you know, every moment. I think there's a podcast. Yeah, I think (laughs) that's really good. I've heard. 
but that, yeah, every, every part of my life is going in that same direction. I think that's really freeing actually to think there's an overarching theme mm -hmm. in my life that makes sense of things. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm immediately thinking of mac and cheese as a visual of, mm -hmm. if you think of all of the aspects of your life being the macaroni itself, they're, you know, they're separate, there's work, there's family, there's friends, there's yada, yada. And then the cheese being that discipleship that you mac and cheese without a ton of cheese is just gross. You want <laughs> it to just be covered in cheese. And that's how we should view our discipleship life. <laughs> you want a ton of cheese. You want it all through work. You want it all through your family life, your friend life, through your extracurriculars. You want that discipleship to really be in and through all aspects of your life rather than yeah. just one piece of macaroni here that we visit for an hour on a Sunday. There you go. I'm going to use that sometime. I know. That's feel free. Yep. That's yeah. great. I won't copyright it. <laughs> All right. Cheese and Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Next question for us to think about is what authorities do we place above God? And how does that affect the way we live and treat others? And I think, um, maybe I'll give this one a crack first. Uh, I think our time, you know, and our convenience really becomes authority in our life. Um, you know, energy management kind of rules us. And so we can kind of miss the opportunities that are right in front of us. And we're also very driven when time is our boss because we're always running out. We're always running out of time. So we can, you know, it's kind of like Mary and Martha in the New Testament. Like Martha's got this kind of time management mindset and she's freaking out about everything and it's kind of ruling over her and Mary is able to rest at Jesus's feet. And, um, you know, so I think when we have other bosses, like our time in this busy age, we can just be drained and we're not able to rest. And it's so good to see that Jesus is not interested in that in our lives. He actually wants us to lay down our burdens and rest with him. So good. Um, I don't know, what, what else do you guys see? What, what other authorities do we place above God? I think it can be anything. I think it can be sports. I think it can be personal comfort. I think it can be just putting on Netflix and being entertained. You mm -hmm. know, I think it can be um, even just wanting to have it my way. I think that can get into church life too, you know. Um, anything, I think. Yeah. Um, how about this next question? Um, how do you react to an authority who has your best interest at heart and has shown you incredible love? And so what do you think, Thais? When I think of authority, I don't always think of it in, oh, they have the best intentions for me. And so because of that, I don't always trust them because I, you know, I think, oh, they're, you know, um, they, they have their own agenda of what they, they would like to do. But when you read about how with Matthew 11 and Matthew chapter 11 and chapter 20 of, um, that shift of, what do you call that pastor John, the paradigm shift of mm -hmm. how the world sees authority versus how Jesus sees authority. It brings me so much peace because he does have the best intention for us. He, he wants us to rest. It's not a, 
I'm the boss, so you must work, work, work and serve me. It's I'm the boss and I want to work for you. I want to serve you. There's that shift. Mm. And so then that shifts the way that I view it and I interact with it and that it brings me joy and peace and I trust him so much more um, and I love him. And so therefore, out of all of that, then I do want to serve. I want to spread that message and I want to share it with everybody because Mm. if someone that is in that high of authority changes that, that shift, right? And says, I have all of the authority in the world, but... I want what's best for you and I want to give you rest and peace so that you can carry on with the world and the tasks I have for you. Um, that changes everything. And so I'd want mm-hmm. to share that with others. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think too, that we have a lot of negative examples of authority yeah. in the world, whether yeah. it be in, you know, politics, you know, or even in the church, I think, you yeah. know, we've been startled, I think in the last couple of years at how authority is abused Mm-hmm. And, and you, know, te- you know, teachers can be abusive or mean or uh, negligent. Mm-hmm. Parents can mm-hmm. be this way. Well, we're human. We're sinful. And so yeah. there's, it's part of our nature, unfortunately, unless we're mm-hmm. walking yeah, in right. this light as Christ has shown us. But even then is difficult and we fall short. And but what's always amazed me about the authority of Jesus is that here we have, because there are authorities that don't actually have like, all the authority, but think they do. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, we talk about being on a power trip or something. Here you have Jesus, who actually does have all the authority, and yet he washes feet and welcomes children and lays down his life. And that's an authority that you can trust because mm-hmm. it lays its life down for you. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that that authority motivates discipleship because here we have... Um, the one who's in charge, bringing us under, under an authority that literally bled for us. And you just can't find that anywhere else in the world in a perfect way like you do in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's unique, you know, and he shows us the, the right way to wield authority and to win um, trust. Mm-hmm. Um, good, what about this question? Are there parts of our lives we may try to leave out of our discipleship to Jesus? And of course there are. (laughs) I think for me, um, I think about like my spending habits Mm -hmm. sometimes. Just like, yeah, you know, this is just kind of something I want. And I don't really want to think through the moral implications or if it's really what I should be prioritizing. And so I'm just going to leave Jesus out of this thought discussion, you know, in my head and see how it goes. Changing something (laughs) you've gotten used to that's against the way that Jesus would have it be done is painful and difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's definitely things that we want to leave out of that discipleship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think that one of the ways this shows up in our lives is when we, we don't attend worship or we, Mm try to sidestep Christian community because, you know, um, the truth is that we need to come to worship and be in Christian community so that those parts of our lives that are not under the authority of Jesus come under his mm, authority. Because we we need to be confronted occasionally and that pointed out. Yeah. I so mean, that our like, hearts can change. I need to come to church to be recalibrated. Mm-hmm. Like an analogy I like to use is that if you've ever driven a car with bad alignment, 
like if you let go of the steering wheel just briefly, it just goes right to the left. It's going into the ditch. Right, yeah. and that's the way we are. And so we need to continually have our alignment mm. checked, realigned in worship, in Christian community. That's what discipleship is. I mean, you look at the disciples, they many times don't get it or make mistakes, but Jesus is so patient with them. Sometimes he can be a little blunt, but very patient. I mean, he never gives up, gives up on these guys over yeah. three years. They even abandon him and Peter denies him and he doesn't give up on them. And um, man, that's what we all need, right? Yeah. Uh, let's look at f this final question. So as a congregation at Holy Cross, um, what are some of the challenges we might encounter by moving from a membership mentality to a discipleship mentality? And what are the opportunities? And so I was thinking about this, um, kind of going back to the gym analogy. It's like, you know, you could be a member at the gym and be really out of shape. <laughs> and if you're actually going to join like a high accountability boot camp class or something and try to get in shape, you're going you're gonna to be sucking wind a little bit and it's going to be uncomfortable. And so and there's going to be shame with that too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, comparison totally. of they're way higher than I am or way better. So, yeah. So I, I think that's a challenge for maybe folks have been away for a long time or they've mm -hmm. had this kind of casual mindset and to be confronted by that and brought into a little bit more serious accountability and workout regimen mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, might be a little uncomfortable. I think the opportunity is that if we are patient with each other and if we mm -hmm. are aware that it's uncomfortable yeah, and if we call out and encourage one another, keep going, keep going, it'll, you'll, you'll feel more normal, you know, as yeah. you get through this. Um, I think the opportunity is people will step into that discipleship lifestyle and it will be a change of life and a benefit to them and to their neighbors. When I used to belong to the gym that I no longer belong to because I didn't want to make donations and not go mm -hmm. each month. <laughs> um, they, they have a good marketing ploy here. They, they, they say no judgment zone. It's a judgment free zone when you go to, mm. um, to uh, what's it called? Planet again? Fitness. I, say, yeah. I forgot what no it's lunks. called. No lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just appreciate that because I think that's the way that the church should be. Like we're not, the church is not a place where we're like, you know, like throwing all this weight around in discipleship and like throwing weights down and flexing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not what this is about. Um, no, this is like, I think we're kind of like the, the workout center at the hospital. Yeah. Like we're all in the turtle pool, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, we're just, we're just, we're just doing what, what's next for us. And we're yeah. all supporting and encouraging each other. Like we're, we're in this with humility and we want to grow and we genuinely care about the growth of others. Yeah. We want to see them grow too. Yeah. Yeah. And I am afraid that some people will just opt out because it's, it's too painful. They've gotten, they've gotten accustomed to the ways of just that membership mentality. And so they might just say, no, this isn't for me. No, thank you. And that's when as a family of Holy Cross, we come together and we, we recognize, oh, that person hasn't come and they're deciding not to come. Let's bring them in. Let's check in on them. Let's make sure that they're doing okay. Because then discipleship doesn't become, we have a whole discipleship church, then it doesn't become the job of the pastors to check in on everybody yeah. Yeah. and then bring mm -hmm. them back in. Just a whole There's, mindset. 
Right. There's a whole community that's Mm -hmm. there bringing them in. And then when they do come in, they have someone here that has brought them back in and they're doing life with them together. They're doing this discipleship journey. There's accountability. That would be amazing if all the church Mm -hmm. had that mindset and actions. Yeah. So sort of as a closing thought here, uh, I think the fact that this might be new or different this discipleship mindset is really an opportunity and a challenge because, you know, if we've been in a membership mindset for decades, then we will continue to have people come to the church looking for membership Hmm. with no strings attached. I want to have my child baptized. I want my child confirmed. I want to join the church and come Christmas, Easter. Like we will continue to have people asking for that, but that's not what we're doing. And so there's a wonderful opportunity to gently come alongside people and say, actually, there's something better. Hmm. And it is growing as a gospel-centered disciple of Jesus Christ for life. But we also have to recognize as a community that there will, will be people who will say, well, that's not really what I'm looking for. Hmm. And, and you look at Jesus, Jesus calls people to follow him. And, and some people say no. And, and we just have to be, I think, emotionally prepared for that and, mm-hmm. and gracious, like, you know, okay. Yeah. 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 So. Great. Uh, Thais, can I ask you to close our session with prayer? Yes. Father in heaven, give us the hearts to follow you completely. Show us your good and gracious rule so that when we go astray, we know you are right there to, give, to forgive us and lead us. Let our whole lives at home and at church and at work with friends and around neighbors be for your glory. Amen. Amen.